Welcome to the HBK High Performance Podcast with Michael B. Ross, a podcast designed to help leaders develop the character, skills, and passion needed to lead fulfilled and impactful lives. Here's Michael. Well, good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. This is Michael B. Ross, and I would like to welcome you to the HBK High Performance Podcast. I hope the sun is shining and the birds are chirping in your life, and I hope all your dreams are coming true. Before we get started today, as I always like to mention, if you hear one good thought, one good phrase, one good quote, or one good idea from this podcast, I would like to ask you to put that thought, phrase, idea, or quote into absolute immediate action. It is the application of our education that makes the biggest difference in our world. I do not want you to be one of those people who puts your life in the hands of others. Because 85% of people look back on their life with regret because they tried to live based on other people's expectations instead of knowing the expectations they have for themselves and living up to those. Don't want you to be one of those people. Live with regret. Before we get into the actual interview with Mr. Terry Kauna from the Pittsburgh Penguins today, I would like to mention that we have a few things coming up. On our website, hbkln.com, we've got Circle of Sales starting online. It'll be live online. We're going to use some online tools to connect with you and to make sure that you get the most out of this training. And that will be starting on September 16th. We also have the Foundations of Leadership course at HBK Youngstown starting on September 23rd. And I would love for you to check out our website, check out more information on that. And if you would like more information exclusively, please email me, Michael Ross, and my email is mross at hbkln.com. You are in for a real treat today. We have Terry Kauna, who is the Senior Vice President of Sales and Broadcasting with the Pittsburgh Penguins He has so much wisdom to share with you today. So I would ask you, if you are going to listen to this for the first time and you're in your car or you're mobile, make sure that you take a second listen to this podcast and write down as many notes as possible. Terry has great things to share with us that can help us all go further faster with our leadership and our success. I hope you have a great time listening to this as Jim Bird interviews Terry Kauna. Hello, everyone, and welcome to HBK High Performance Podcast. Uh, Please don't log off if you don't recognize this voice. This is Jim Bird. I'm the Senior Manager for HBK High Performance. I'm pinch hitting for Michael Ross today. I'm privileged to do that. So, Terry, I'm really privileged to have you here today. And so, welcome to HBK High Performance Podcast. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate it. Uh, I love the relationship that I have on a personal level with HBK, both from uh, the the Penguins' perspective, uh, but also from the perspective of my personal life and what you guys do for uh, for me and my family on the tax side. So uh, my pleasure to be here chatting with you for sure. I greatly appreciate hearing that. Uh, Well, let's just jump right in. You know, as a leader and our people who listen to the podcast regularly, those people who come to high performance looking to go beyond. They look to leaders for insight. What would you say as a leader has shaped you in your professional life has really shaped you? Who have been the key influencers or has really been a high impact in your life? 
That's a really interesting set of questions there. I think I'll, I'll tackle those one at a time. Uh, you, you first talked about self-leadership. And as I think about self-leadership, the first word that really pops up for me is awareness. And awareness is a really key word in how I live my daily life, work life, personal life. They came out of a leadership program that I'll mention later on here called ADEPT, ADEPT Performance Systems. Uh, this was a, a training module that we utilized in my days back at NASCAR, and the A in ADEPT stands for awareness. That's the first of those five pieces of how to lead an ADEPT life, how to be an ADEPT leader. And self-leadership really starts and ends with awareness. I think before you can become a good leader, and I think any of us, flattering that that you and your team would think of me as a leader, I'm a learning leader. I think we're always learning as leaders. Um, But before you can start to improve as a leader, and before you can can have any type of success as a leader, you've got to have that self-leadership, which starts with self-awareness. Who am I? What are my tendencies? What are my strengths? We're going to always play to our strengths. What are my weaknesses, which we're maybe not going to always focus on, and at times we're going to look to add around us to complement us with people that have strengths in our areas of weakness. But I think it's really about, you know, what's that awareness of of who I am, how I can lead, how I can be successful, how I connect with people, self-evaluating, which is, again, is is creating more awareness on not just who I am, but how I'm actually doing. And I think always looking around to gather as much information as possible to increase my awareness, that probably that that big piece of our self-leadership is that awareness. And so the second piece of the question, who has influenced me? Well, as I focus on having awareness as the the first element of being an adept leader, I look around and I listen and I watch and I observe. And and for me personally, I'm always taking in information, I'm always taking in awareness and then trying to translate into action. The way you talked about, Jim, where you said, hey, if you hear something, stop, write it down, turn it into action. And I'm always doing a lot of that. And for me personally, I've got this awareness of myself. I may be different than some of the people listening here. I learn really well by example and specifically even by case study if you start to get into businesses. But I think from a people perspective, Roger Penske is the uh, the owner and the leader of the first business that I ever worked for coming out of college. Roger is an incredible leader. I think when you really summarize Roger's leadership – People that work for Roger will never let Roger down. That's probably the easiest way to put it all together. Roger is a great human. He cares deeply about people. He's a great communicator. He gives clear direction, and he creates this scenario where people just won't let him down. It's really that simple. And that was, as a 23-year-old out of school, It's not that I was able to figure out immediately, well, how do I create this scenario where people won't let Terry down? But, you know, that was probably that first nugget around leadership that I took away. Like, Roger's doing something that makes this almost cult-like in a very positive way. People won't let the guy down. So he's probably the first one. There are a lot over the years. Uh, Probably at some point here when we talk about the parallels between sports and business, I'll get into Mike Sullivan, our our head coach here at the Penguins, and Jim Rutherford, our general manager. Incredible leaders, almost to the point of like leadership heroes for me, things I've been able to take away from them. And people that I've worked under, 
next to people that have been on my team that you would often say, you know, worked for me. There's so many of them that I've learned from. And I think the last piece that I'll throw in there, and we'll probably get back to some of those names as we go, but the last piece is, you know, I've mentioned Adept a couple times, but John Ward and Paul De Palma, who were our facilitators in that Adept program, that is probably the thing for me that more than anything else launched my leadership career, took me from being a worker and or a manager and really showed me how to go and lead and lead teams and the, the formula they create, you know, having awareness, making sure people have clear direction, getting focused execution, people-centric behaviors, and being a talent manager. I mean, I think that's probably Roger being the beginning and then the adept training really being that launch pad that took me to the next level. Wow, what you said really struck me because, you know, I think we can all list the people who have been either influencers or heroes or people we've emulated, like you said, people that we don't want to let down. And I know for myself, looking at our culture and looking at things that seem to be so much at the lowest common denominator, and even with the lowest common denominator, it seems like no one has the correct integer to divide that. What struck me by what you just said, I really have this energy with you of saying, I really want this culture of elevation where we call people to something greater. So I really appreciate your sharing that and dovetailing on that. What would you say are some lessons from professional sports and the professional sports arena that could really help business leaders perform at a higher level? It's funny, Jim. I think the the most simplistic lesson, and I'll get into some details, is that business leadership is just like sports. There Mm -hmm. really isn't many differences. Yes, sports, the on-ice, on-field product is a little bit more exciting sometimes. (laughs) People don't necessarily wear, you know, business uniforms to work and jump up and down and cheer the way they would wear, you know, a sports uniform to a game. But we're all doing the same thing. We're leading the same way. And I remember in that adept process, you know, I finally put two and two together that the shortcomings I was having as a leader were things that I did well as a coach. And they actually applied the same way in the office, giving feedback, giving clear direction, putting my arm around someone, being honest with a teammate that maybe as an early manager, you were afraid to do because it was a tough conversation, but you were doing it as a coach. And working within a sports team really took that clarity to a new level. Our assistant general manager, a guy named Billy Guerin, who won two Stanley Cups as a player. Uh, he's won the Stanley Cup twice here as a member of the management team. Billy and I did lunch probably about six months ago to exchange notes on strategy and structure. And you know, it was so interesting. From Billy's perspective, it was all about people and culture. And I, I just kind of cracked up. I said, over the years, I developed this thing, and I have it. It sits on my home screen of my phone. Uh, it's this little four-word map, and it says, people plan and work environment. And it used to say culture. I created out, you know, just a few years ago from all the things I had taken in. Now the word culture changed to the phrase work environment simply because our coach here, Mike Sullivan, 
refers to it as work environment, doesn't use the word culture, and I'm all about consistent nomenclature. Sure. Um, but sure. my people plan and, and work environment was the same thing that Bill looks at as the gentleman who runs our minor league team, which is our development system, who co-leads our big club essentially, you know, under or aside, however you want to put it, with Jim Rutherford. You know, they're working on the same things that we are. And one of my favorite all-time, like, moments in history, I was a little kid, don't remember it live, but the Miracle on Ice and, and the Miracle yeah. movie and, you know, that, that yeah, Herb yeah. Brooks speech, that Amazing. iconic speech, you know, great moments are born from great opportunity. Well, I could walk out of the office right now and go up to a segment of my business that's challenged and say, hey, great moments are born from great opportunity. And this area of the business is challenged right now. Who's going to step up and be the hero? And, and so these are the same things on the ice and off the ice that as leaders we can focus on. My last two pieces I'll, I'll hit on here on the similarities are uh, I've got some notes that I brought along here from uh, a Mike Sullivan speech to a business group after we won the Stanley Cup in 2017. And he said, you know, there were really four things that did it for us. One, we don't do it without good leaders, and we had the right people and character in the room. We had resilience. We had the right positive attitude, number three, which he got into embracing the challenge, embracing the opportunity in front of us when we were facing elimination, one series. Don't be yeah. scared of the opportunity. Get out there and own it. And his fourth thing was about the initiative. And, you know, I think we can all sit there and think about some teams that we've worked on that have had great success because we had great people, we had resilience, we had a positive attitude, and we had initiative. So it's, it's all really the same stuff. Last piece being, you know, and this isn't a quote that's really attributed to anyone in specific, but from a hockey perspective, do your job, do it well, don't do someone else's is a phrase that often gets used around sports. And again, that's one where it's the same thing in the office. Yeah. Do your job. Focus on delivering what you need to deliver. Don't get way out of line and try to cover for everybody else. Do your job. If everyone focuses on their job, we're going to succeed as a team. It's just There's so many sports and business parallels. There are just referees on the ice, and we don't necessarily have referees in the office. Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, the leader, the boss, whatever you want to call them, you know, at times has to be the referee. But we have to drive ourselves. You're speaking like that so passionately. It brings back a memory of when I was in high school, one of my friend's dads came to speak at a professional day, you know, about development. And he was a doctor. And you look at that going, oh, I want to be a doctor. Who wants to be a doctor? I never wanted to be a doctor, but I listened to his words. And his words were, you know what it takes to be a doctor? And some guys were saying, oh, you have to be smart. And he goes, no, you have to know chemistry. No, you have to know biology. No. And he just looked at me and said, you have to be hungry. Yeah. You have to want it more mm -hmm. than anyone else. He goes, I wasn't the smartest. I wasn't the brightest. I was, but I wanted it. And yeah. that's the drive there. You know, can you tell me about any advice that you got from some leader that really sparked you? Yeah, I think there's been so much advice. I take a lot of one-liners away from people. Yeah. My leader in my NASCAR days, a gentleman named Daryl Wolf, he's the, the chief revenue officer there. He's the chief marketing officer of all the racetracks. He always talked about delivering the message with great style. And I think when you first learn that, it's, you know, if I'm having this one-on-one -on -one conversation, maybe I'm selling something to Jim or negotiating mm -hmm. something with Jim, and it's delivering that message. But it carries through all the way through leadership when you talk about giving feedback, 
when you talk about delivering messages to people, to giving clear direction, whether it's the way that I do it and doing it with the right style to make a challenging conversation a little bit easier, or even in like, you know, in Mike Sullivan's role as head coach, he's got to deliver his messages with the right style. He's dealing with high performance athletes who are all very driven. None of them have got to the level where they are without being driven, just like many people in our offices. But how do you deliver the message to them with good style so that the message delivered equals the message received so that you get your message across and then you get the right action from that message that you're trying to deliver. So it's one-liners like that. Even as you talk about who have you learned from and what have you learned, a guy named T.R. Stape that I used to work with, good friend of mine, always used the phrase, success leaves clues. And yeah. <laughs> you know, it's another one where, you know, how do you improve your leadership while I'm reading and I'm listening and I'm learning because as, as T.R. notes it, success leaves clues. There's no like secret book hidden under the desk of, of how to succeed. Uh, you can look around and you can find that. I think those are two of a, of a, a number of nuggets that I've, I probably have a list of a thousand things that I've taken away from people. Um, one-liners, advice, uh, they don't always come up necessarily when people are asking for advice, but those are probably two that jump out pretty quickly here. Yeah, it's like, I think it's Cal Ripken who said, the harder I work, the luckier I get. <laughs> you Absolutely. know, it's like, hey, you know, you, you got to put it in there. We got to dig deep within ourselves. There are those lines when people say, "Fake it till you make it." Well, you know, that just doesn't work. It's like, what about character traits and skills? What one character trait and skill do you think every leader should have, or is a must-have? To preface this one, I'm going to steal a line from uh, from John Ward, my adept leader, which is, "Leadership is influence." Yeah. And I remember he asked us, what makes a good leader? And there were a lot of different analogies and things people said. And then he just wrote on the mm-hmm. board, leadership is influence. And if you Absolutely. think about it from that perspective, good leaders have a lot of traits. They're good leaders that work hard, that are really smart. But I, I think to your question, Jim, that the trait that you have to have to maximize your success as a leader to really maximize your influence, you have to be able to connect with people. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, and that's not saying that you're going to connect with everyone or that everyone's a fit with you, but if you can't connect with people, people have a pretty good meter for authenticity and heart and caring. And if you can't connect with them, they're not going to buy into what you're talking about. It's very cliche. I don't throw this one around much, but I think everyone that's listening knows the line about people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. But, mm-hmm. but that's right. the reality. If you can't connect with people, you are not going to influence them. You can be the hardest working person. You can be the smartest person in the room. But if you can't connect, you are not going to get the influence that you're looking for. And so you're just not going to maximize your leadership. You don't, you don't know me. You don't know my name. You don't know my family. You don't know. Yeah, it's amazing that sometimes the disconnect, but then when there is a connection, there's a direction, there's a movement. And it, it can be it, truly amazing. I was looking at your bio, the press release, when you were hired as the senior vice president of marketing, April 2005. And I thought, wow, what a great thing. And then 
boom, two Stanley Cups, 2016-17. No, we'll do a correlation there. Congratulations. So Mike Sullivan was the first speaker <laughs> at HBK on Goal that we created uh, alongside your leadership team, Symposium on Business Excellence. And beforehand, Sully looks at me and he said, hey, uh, Tanner, when, when did you start again? And I said, yeah, early, early 2015. He's like, you know, right about when I did. I think there's a coincidence. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Uh, coincidence is right. It, there's not a correlation. Not a correlation. <laughs> the, the cup was all you, buddy. And uh, yeah. but it was fun to be here for sure. Oh, absolutely. And I'm sure, like, you know, being part of putting that Stanley Cup above the head is an amazing thing. But being part of a great organization and, a, you know, high-achieving, high-performing organization is incredible. What would you say is your proudest moment? <sighs> Man, being a Stanley Cup champion as a kid that grew up and has really cared about nothing to the level that I've cared about hockey my entire life. Being a champion and being able to experience that feeling of achievement through collective work and everyone that works here, whether you're the head coach, whether you're the team captain, whether you sell tickets, whether you're in customer service, we give Stanley Cup rings to our full-time building staff, which included the full-time cleaning crew, people like that. Every single person contributes, and that's probably the singular moment that's the proudest, the most cool, but you can't live for that one big, huge, proud moment. 30 teams go home a loser at the end of the year, and unfortunately, we were on that list the last two years. Uh, So I think it's the, the moments then that really are achievable and repeatable that, for me, stand out are they're people related and typically around moments where I've seen somebody on the team, on my team, achieve something they maybe didn't think was possible, whether it's getting this deal that they've worked for for years and they couldn't get luck with, whether it's making the next step as a leader. And I think those are the things. The cup is incredible, but for some people it's once in a lifetime. For a lot of people it's never in a lifetime. You know, it's those people moments that are they're really the coolest when you're able to give someone their first leadership opportunity and yeah. to help them learn how to grow someone else's career and just watch them as they grow. It's just like watching your kids at home for those that have kids. You know, my one of my kids yeah. learned to ride a bike this summer. And you right. know, it's, it's the same feeling there as when somebody at work finds some new level of achievement. That's the stuff that keeps you going every day. Yeah. And, you know, you have an incredible fan base. It's like Pittsburgh's an amazing city. The Pirates, the Steelers, the Penguins. And it's just not contained to a region. It is definitely a nation, a nation that follows a city of sports. Recently, like ESPN, great story about the young lady, I think, from New Jersey, who advertised at a game, you know, her need and how the Penguin Nation responded to that. That must be quite an impact for the organization. Well, that's a whole different level. I mean, I, you know, yeah. it's, it's really timely, interesting that you bring that one up. Um, it, it's a whole different level when you can save someone's life. You know, yeah. On a daily basis, we're trying to create big fans of the team. We are yeah. blessed with an incredible fan base. We did a great video last week for Matt Cullen, player of ours that retired, and 23% of the one-plus million that viewed the video were from Canada. We're, we're blessed <laughs> to have this huge following all over the world, but you know, the Kelly Sawatsky story, and credit to that really goes to Andy Perlman, James Santilli, our social and our marketing teams. But the timely thing... I. 
I just came back from a really cool trip Saturday night and uh, several time zones away from us. And as I'm leaving, uh, a gentleman that works there that saw my business card on my luggage said to me, hey, do you work for the Penguins? And I said, yes. And a lot of times it's like, cool, I'm a Pens fan or, oh, I'm a Caps fan when people ask that question. <laughs> and, yeah. and this one was, here's a guy, a gentleman named Bruce, nicest guy in the world, not a really huge hockey fan, but he saw that E60 piece on ESPN and he was blown away that our organization was able to do that for someone. And so when you look at the reach and the impact that you can have on people, yeah, in our daily jobs, we've got to ensure profitability of a business, whether you're at HBK or the Pittsburgh Penguins or, or Keurig Dr. Pepper or PPG. Um, but yeah. it's, you know, those things that you can do to change lives, that's, it's unbelievable stuff. And the feeling that comes with those is just incredible. Absolutely. Whether it's a blood drive at your office or being part of a corporate walk to help change something or impact something because you've, you've got a group of people that cares. I really appreciate that. Hey, Terry, where can our audience reach you? Yeah, so the best way to interact with the Penguins organization, the, the way of choice these days in today's digital world, is through the Penguins app. We've got a uh, million two fans that are out there that have downloaded the app. Information's in there about the team, the players, buying tickets, you know, connect with us, come out to a game, check out the experience. We're always walking around the concourse. You run into fans and talk to fans or business partners all the time. You'll find HBK in the app, whether it's yep. on the radio, digital advertising in there, you'll see HBK and a lot of other great partners at some point, some way through the app. But that's really the best way to connect through the Penguins. Uh, social media as well. Uh, the content that we create is incredible. Whether you're on our Instagram, our Twitter, our Facebook, we are constantly, because of the plan that our social team has and the focus execution, uh, we're constantly in the top two within the NHL, despite being the 25th largest market, top two in engagement and social. We create amazing wow. content. Uh, it's fun. It's insightful. It's moving some days. It's always a little bit different. Um, those are probably the best ways for anyone out there to really connect with the Penguins, learn a bit more about the Penguins, or, uh, or come to our next HBK on Goal. We haven't announced the schedule yet for this year, um, but you know, even this week we're working on some stuff. Chris and I have had a, a couple of discussions now on a really cool, really big on goal that we're trying to work on for hopefully this February. Fingers crossed, but you know, come out and have the chat then. We, we love talking business. We love talking business excellence. We love talking with HBK, and, and so that would be a lot of fun. Well, I'll tell you, HBK appreciates the relationship and is proud to be the official accounting firm of the Pittsburgh Penguins. And Terry Kalna, Senior Vice President of Marketing for the Pittsburgh Penguins, appreciate your time. You know, you're incredibly busy pushing the pens to the next level for the next season. And thank you so much. This is Jim Bird for HBK High Performance Podcast. Thank you, Terry, and thank you all of our listeners. Please. Think about what you've just listened to, make an application, put it down, and put it into action. Have a great high-performance day. Be sure to take immediate action on the ideas that compelled you from today's podcast. For information about the courses, resources, and services available from HBK High Performance, visit hbkln.com.